Welcome to season five, episode three. Today you have Coach Kristen, Coach Steph, and Coach Carly on the mic. In case you're new to us, we are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyles, and personalities first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com. That's H-A-B-Y-T.com to request more info. All right, so we just got back from San Diego last night from our coaches retreat. Um, I think we're all feeling a little tired, but we had so much fun. <laughs> yes, the time difference so is worth it. Worth it, but rough for sure. Yeah, stuff on the <laughs> East Coast was struggling. So we're heading back into reality today. Yes. Um, today we're going to be talking about chronic dieting and reversing to maintenance. But we always like to do a little icebreaker first. So, of course, mine is going to be related to food. I want to know what your favorite food from the weekend was. Steph, what was yours? Um, all right, let's think. I think it was meze. Is it meze or mezzi? I think meze. That no was, idea, okay. but that was good. I'm pretty sure it's meze. But that was the Greek restaurant that we went to on the first night. And I'm obsessed with Greek food. But... Now that I'm thinking actually as well that we went to like this little place the first day we got there before we all met up. Um, we got there a little bit earlier and she took us for poke bowls and oh, that was so good too. So I don't know. I'm torn. I'm t- I have a tie between meze and the poke bowl because the poke bowl was just so fresh. Um, really all the food was good though. I know. San Diego's food is so good. Carly, what was yours? Um, so after the photo shoot and we were at uh, Liberty Station, um, we got bulgogi bowls and those little mini donuts. Um, oh Fairly and I got three dozen mini donuts to share, <laughs> oh my God. and we just went off. It was delicious, though. And did you get? Did you guys finish them all? No, they're probably still sitting in the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> the maple I... one was good. You made me, it was you that made me try the maple one, right? Yes. That Ma- was, oh, maple donuts. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was Can't good. go wrong. Oh my gosh, so good. Um, I think mine was the Breakfast Republic place. Oh, I feel like all of San Diego's food is so good, but the breakfast, like they really know what they're doing with breakfast and coffee. The coffee. So good. Yes. The, oh my gosh. So good. It's or a must buzz. every time. Yes. They're both are, are a must every time you go to San Diego. I know. I feel like, especially because obviously I'm not drinking right now, I was just eating my way through San Diego like all weekend, (laughs) which I did not hate. Uh, So good. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about chronic dieting. We'll dive into the episode Um, and then the importance of reversing or just increasing your calories to your body's maintenance. So wanted to talk about chronic dieting first. We get a lot of people who come to us who have been either dieting like weeks, months, even their whole lives, eating really low calories or yo-yo dieting and wanting to lose weight, but just struggling. Um, And I think a lot of people know about plateauing because most people hit a plateau at some point, but there are a lot of other physical changes and mental changes that come with chronic dieting that a lot of times I don't think people connect to their dieting. So I wanted to see um, both of you, what have you kind of seen with your clients or even personal experiences, somebody that's been eating low calorie for a while, some physical changes? Yeah, I would say there's a lot, but the most common ones are 
number one overall frustration i mean they they think because they're you know i'm not eating a lot but i'm not seeing any results or i've been doing this for so long and i haven't been seeing any results and that's very frustrating if you don't know the reasons why that's not why you're not seeing progress um, your overall mood is then affected. So that translates into pretty much every area of your life. Um, I've had clients, once we start reversing and getting up to their top maintenance, they'll be like, oh, my husband said I'm so much more happy or like I'm so, so much more, I don't know, I guess happy is the right word. Um, not as frustrated anymore. Um, when they're chronically dieting, their energy is low, they're sleeping poorly, um, they don't have any muscle on their body, and they don't know why, even even if they are weight training, they are not seeing muscle being grown, and it's because of their diet and not realizing that. And um, another big one is the digestive issues that come along with chronic dieting. Yeah. I, I see that a lot um, as well. Yeah, I definitely see all those. Um, I actually just had a client today tell me, um, and she's still in a deficit, but I guess she was kind of eating lower calorie before, but talking about her mood improvement. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I guess I've just been hangry and I didn't (laughs) realize it. And it's like, you don't connect the poor sleep or the digestion issues. You just kind of think that's normal. But so many of them can come from the low calorie diets for so long. Carly, what about you? Well, then think about, too, how frustrating it is to be wanting to lose weight and you're confused and you can't wa- can't understand why you're not losing weight. So, I mean, that adds to that negative mood as well, just overall confusion of not knowing what's what's going on inside your body. And then I think a lot of people who are, you know, confused why they're not just start to think, oh, well, maybe I just need to add in more exercise. So a lot of people will end mm. up adding in more exercise, which is going to be doing even more harm because now you're actually needing to eat more calories, but you're still consuming such a low calorie, low calorie diet. So it's a lot of confusion. That itself just contributes to the frustration because it's like you're doing all the right things. You think you're exercising and you're not seeing results. You're trying to eat low calorie and not seeing results. And it just is so frustrating. Right. I mean, I've had a client um, in the past, and and this is common too, you know, you're eating, let's say you're eating like 800 to 1,000 calories, and you're, you're doing 13,000 steps, you're working out five days a week, you're basically in negative calories at that point, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so terrible for your internal health, and you don't realize it, and you think that it's normal for you to feel the way that you feel until you actually go through the process, and then you're like oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel. Like I could feel so much better um, without And I think just the stress that that adds on your body, both like you were saying the exercise and the low calorie diets, I think that even contributes to the digestion problems. Like cortisol in your body when it's elevated causes so many different problems and sleep issues, all of those things kind of all tie in together. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I've also had a lot of clients uh, that have done like the low calorie challenges and whatnot in the past that have lost their cycle um, and just kind of think that that's normal and that is never normal. Same with the bloating. Like if your body is losing its cycle, it's trying to tell you something that something needs to change and something's not right in your body. But I think, again, we just kind of like accept it as normal and go about our day and don't realize that it's from under eating. Yeah. I've seen that as well. Yeah, you need enough nutrients 
you need enough nutrients for your body to actually be able to perform just day-to-day functions, not even just working mm-hmm. out. So that small, that even that large deficit that you're putting yourself in, your body can't even digest things right, let alone put yourself into a proper menstrual, menstrual cycle. For sure. And it also just kind of sets you up for failure because your body's not going to be efficient at losing weight if your cortisol is elevated, you know, if you have all this stress in your body and even like they've linked a lot of low carb diets, especially to thyroid issues, Mm -hmm. like down, your thyroid actually starts to downregulate, which plays into your metabolism a lot. And then you add that on to an already slowed metabolism from it adapting to the low calories and you're just setting yourself up for failure like you're eating these low calories and you're not getting the results because of all these different things that your body's going through. Right. And a lot of time with, with like the challenges, like you said, um, it has a lot to do with what what do you do after that challenge. So these challenges mm-hmm. are so short-termed, but afterwards it's important to not let that become your norm. That's why I, I don't think that those challenges are very sustainable. Um you know, as a whole, of course, there are challenges out there that are great. I'm always up for a good challenge, but um, there are some that just don't set you up for success in the long run, which I think is more important than, you know, losing a whole bunch of weight in, let's say, 30, 30 days to two months. Yeah, I agree. I've, I mean, I've definitely done some of the challenges in the past, too. I didn't succeed in them because they were too low calories and I lasted like four days before I quit but I feel like it also is like that mental aspect of it where a people don't really know how to properly reverse after it and b it's just so scary to add calories in especially if you're somebody who's seen results from those challenges and you're eating you're doing it eating 13 1400 calories Thinking about increasing your calories to 21, 2200 sounds terrifying. And you just automatically think you're going to lose all the progress you've had or start gaining a ton of weight, which is, you know, not true. Exactly. Yeah. The such low macros doesn't only affect you physically, it really affects you mentally, the way you see food, the way you see any type of increase in your calories. Yeah. Have you done any of those, Carly? I haven't done any um, challenges by back in the day when I was doing the whole bodybuilding and competing in bodybuilding. Um, one of my coaches actually had me in an extreme deficit and it wasn't even just the deficit. It was um, extreme restrictive too. So I basically ate pretty bland food. It was like, you know, chicken, rice, eggs, sweet potatoes, and some green beans. Like I barely ate, you know, anything. So looking at everything else, like the more fun foods that you can fit into your macros um, through the habit and, and macro feeding, like I just, I have, I struggle now with not binging. So I don't, I used to be so restrictive. And then anytime I allowed myself to have anything, I would just go off the deep end and then make myself sick. So even now I still struggle a little bit mentally with being able to just have something, enjoy it, not make myself sick, and then move on and and continue eating healthy. So it's still affecting me mentally. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think I think that's not uncommon though. I think, you know, even thinking about like clients who struggle with the scale or I think we all go through it at different points like those thoughts are just so ingrained in your head for so long that it 
it's almost like you're, I don't want to say you're dealing with them for a lifetime, but you always have to be kind of aware of them and redirect your thinking. Like it's not something that just goes away, but you have to be aware of it and kind of make a conscious effort to have different thought process around it. And with binging, we see that so often and clients will ask like, how can I stop the binging? And I always kind of challenge back, like instead of saying, how can you stop the binging? How can you stop the restriction? Because the restriction is what always leads to the binging because you're just thinking about it constantly and, you know, feeling like you can't have something. Then when you're around that food, it's like you just lose control. Yeah. It's like a cycle. It really is. Mm-hmm. One leads to the yeah, other, which sure. leads to the other again. I have to remind myself in the moment that it's not the only time I can eat this food. I don't, it's not all or nothing right, right now and I'm never going to have it again. Have a little bit now and enjoy it. Then there, there will be another time you can enjoy that same food. It's not like you're never going to have it again. Yeah. It's not like getting up and walking away. And it's kind of the same, kind of the same concept of like yo-yo dieting. And we see that a lot too, where clients will eat, you know, 1400 calories Monday through Friday and then kind of binge on the weekend and that in itself messes with your head because you think that you're eating 1400 calories and your body's not losing weight but really those weekend binges are offsetting the 1400 calories so you're kind of restricting yourself for no reason um and it makes you feel like you can't eat more than 1400 calories but really you're actually eating more than that when you look at your weekly averages. You just kind of don't see that at the time. Mm-hmm. It's very deceiving because mm-hmm. meals out, especially too on the weekends, they set you over Oh yeah, way more often than we would think. Even if you are trying to make more macro-friendly choices when you're out, it's just the nature of restaurants. They're going to put more butters, mm-hmm. oils into their food when they're cooking it. So it's going to set you probably a bit higher than what you think and and that yeah you you put yourself into either maintenance or a surplus without even realizing it at that point um yeah but I feel that, like that, it's just so I, easy to do that too yeah I feel like this I mean, you all look at- comes in time too like learning your body and what it needs and and going through the 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 phases of macros yourself is when you really truly understand it because it's hard to understand it if you haven't put yourself in that situation right and I think just kind of you know like Carly was saying you have to remind yourself that food's gonna be there and even trying to get past some of the food fears like it's gonna take time if you've done more restrictive diets before, like when I did the Whole 30s, you know, there were so many foods you couldn't eat. It takes time and exposure to those foods to realize, like, figure out what works for you and realize that nothing bad is going to happen if you eat a full banana or carrots, sweet potatoes, nuts, all those things. Like, and I'm sure, Carly, you probably dealt with that after you're competing um, and eating like egg whites and all of that, going back to eating. I know, when I ate egg whites for a while and then switching over to now I just eat whole eggs. I almost never eat egg whites. But it takes you a while to kind of be okay with those foods again. And it's so funny because there's so many people out there who think, oh, I can't have this whole banana. Why is that a thing? The banana came from the earth. 
It's a banana. I used to it's be like the- that. I used to be like that too. And my mom would be like, will you stop leaving half of the banana on the counter? Because then it would just get like all brown and everything. But I'm like, but I had to weigh out 50 grams. And I mean, now I just account for the whole banana. You're not going to gain weight from the banana. It's not the banana no. that's making you gain weight. If, if you were supposed to eat half of a banana, they'd probably grow smaller naturally. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Oh, Wait, yeah. Just I'm, eat the full banana. I'm curious, though, a little side note. With your um, bodybuilding, first, first of all, that seems so hard to do. But with that prep, um, are do you guys count, like, um, sodium and stuff like that? Or is it just macros? And what about, like, fruit? Did your coach have you eat fruit, sugar from fruit? Um, not really. Like I rarely had fruit. Um, a lot of times it would be like on reef, like the refeed days where you're eating a little bit more carbohydrates. Most of my carbs came from, um, white rice, maybe some English muffins here and there and like some sweet potatoes. Um, but we didn't really track sodium unless it was coming up Mm. really close to a show time. Um, so you wanted to be careful with sodium that way. And then, of. I feel like my other coach, who is a better coach, didn't really pay attention to sodium that much. It was more so your water intake, which okay. kind of will offset your sodium. Um, so, yeah. I always, they always say, like, the bodybuilders, like, you always think that those are the most healthy people, but really internally they're they're so unhealthy and, and suffering inside. So it's a very, it's a very um, deceiving to the outside world if you don't know about nutrition yeah when people would ask me about it um and say oh I want to do that I would tell them the honest truth like you're probably you're going to be restrictive it's really a mental game and you're not being able to eat whatever you want whenever you want um you have to make sure you're eating this plain food or just these foods and it's a really restrictive lifestyle and a lot of people aren't able to do it because it really is so mentally taxing and like I said before, I'm still struggling kind of coming back from that lifestyle. I honestly don't think, but I I was interested (laughs) in that. I honestly don't think that I could personally do it. I guess you have to go into it with the mindset, like you said, kind of knowing it's going to be super restrictive and it's going to be really hard mentally. And how long did you do it? I mean, was it super short term? Um, I competed for about two years. Um, yeah, until I, until okay. I kind so of transitioned long. more into macros and CrossFit style training. And now I'm much happier being able to fuel my body for yes. exercise and not worrying about what it looks like, more worried about how I'm feeling internally. Yeah, and just feel so much better. Well, let's switch gears then and go into maintenance, the fun part. I know this is terrifying for a lot of people out there, and it's a really foreign concept to a lot of people too, most people don't understand why you would ever increase your calories. How do your clients feel when you talk to them about reversing? Are they excited to do it? Or are they all scared? What do you see most of Carly? Um, Most most people, um, especially if it's your first go around are going to be scared. Um, They think that the low calorie lifestyle is what's going to make them look the best and feel the best because, oh, I look good, so I'm going to feel good. Um, So there's a lot of fear in increasing calories. But if it's, you know, you're you're versed in macros and it's not your first time going from going into a reverse diet into a maintenance, 
you're excited because you know it means you're going to be increasing your food. Um, and it can even mean you're going to be eating more this go around from your last reverse that you did. Um, so you're basically revving your metabolism back up and being able to eat more and thrive more at a maintenance level. Um, so yeah, newcomers fear for sure. If it's your second or third go around with a reverse, you're excited for that food for sure. For sure. What about you, Steph? Um, it is a mix. Like Carly said, some are scared because they aren't at their goal or they feel like they're so far away from their goal. So it's scary. Um, in their mind, it's almost like going backwards in order to go forwards. Um, so I always try to explain that before any like sustainable physical changes can occur, the internal health really has to be upregulated. Um, it has to come first. And, you know, the longer you put that part off, the longer you're delaying your overall goals. And, you know, when I first started, when I was set at very low calories when I first started macros, and I didn't know any better. I thought that that was the norm. Um, and it wasn't until like a year later, I got a different macro coach, and she set me higher than my previous one did. And I remember that feeling of being scared, like, oh my gosh, like these are these are very high like for me and that is when it really shifted because that's when I noticed body composition changes that's when I noticed my body changing the way that I wanted it to and that's why I hate the word maintenance really because maintenance literally means staying the same but a maintenance phase you can change so much in a maintenance phase that's where body composition changes can occur you you can change your body in that phase as well so I don't really like using that word, but that's what that's what this space has called it. Um, it I think it's just de- deceiving of a word, don't don't you think? Yeah, I agree. We should rename it. And I think people don't. They almost like you said. They think maintenance means maintain, and it kind of feels like what you said going. What did you say? Go back, go forward to go backward they're to go forward. They think that they're going say? backwards in order to go forward again. Like they're yeah. taking two steps back. I think back. that's. I see that so often, and maintenance feels like you know they were seeing progress in a deficit, and now they're just going to be like chilling there. Nothing's going to be happening. They're going to be doing all this work for nothing. But the gym gains, if you're somebody who's lifting or working out, like are going to be so much better in maintenance, and people don't realize. You might not change anything with your workouts, but once you start adding in calories and actually giving your body the fuel it needs to build muscle, you're going to see changes in your body. Like you don't have to suddenly do these insane, intense workouts. You can be doing the same thing and actually see results from them because you finally have the fuel to do that. That is exactly what happened to me back then. I didn't change anything about my, about my workouts. I just started eating the macros that this particular macro coach gave me. And from that point on, I was like, oh my God, I could be, I could have been feeling this way and lifting like this the, the whole time without even realizing, but you don't know until, until you go through it or until somebody walks you through it because it's really not easy to do on your own. I will say that it's not, especially if it's your first time. Um, doing it so yeah I tell people all the time especially people that come to us and they need a reverse right away if they've been eating low calorie for a long time and I hear this from clients too that it's almost more important to have a coach in the reverse and maintenance phase to get you there than it is to have one in a cut because most people know how to cut calories 
we live in a world where that's just like the normal thing to do, but so many people haven't ever gone through the process before. And it is really challenging mentally to increase your calories and maybe see the scale fluctuate a bit. So I almost think it's more beneficial to have a coach in a community during the reverse process than it is in the cut process because you need somebody that kind of reminds you of the light at the end of the tunnel because you're right. Like if you haven't done it before, you just don't know what to expect and you don't know all the good things that can come from increasing your calories. 100%. And am I the only one that once you go through this, you you kind of don't the, the deficits just don't seem as glorified anymore or as no. or as worth it. I mean, obviously, yes, there are people that need to be or should be in a deficit if they are at an unhealthy weight. But uh, I'm talking about, like, for people who just have, like, you know, that extra 10 pounds, 5, 10 pounds. To me, in my opinion, sometimes it's just not worth it anymore mm-hmm. knowing how good you can feel in maintenance and – you know, you're having to, because you do have, you do wind up having to restrict certain things like meals out or going, drinking, you know, you do have to limit those things to a certain degree if you really want to lose those last five to 10 pounds. And to me, it's just sometimes just not as glorified anymore once you go through the maintenance phase, top maintenance phase. Do you guys I, call I, that I think five that's, pounds? I call that five pounds your happiness. Exactly. Like you're holding on to that five pounds because you can go out and you can enjoy a couple drinks. You can go out and you can enjoy this other food. Whereas like in a deficit, you're you're being restrictive a little bit more to be able to exactly. lose that body fat. So that five, 10 pounds that you're holding on to, that's your happiness. Like 100%. You have to be pre- yeah. I agree with I that. I love that. Um, there's like a saying that I've seen on Instagram that says it's not a dream body if it's a nightmare to maintain it. <laughs> And I can, could not agree more. Like, the five pounds are your happiness. If you can't live your life, then it's not worth it. Exactly. And again, it's like the competing stuff. It might be more short term, but it's just not somewhere you're meant to live your entire life. Food is meant to be enjoyed, too. Like, yes, it's fuel, but it's also some it's like tradition and it's things that you enjoy with your friends and family and it's meant to be enjoyable that's why it tastes so dang good right exactly that's why in san diego that's why in san diego we decided to eat our way through the city because yeah food is a great thing to wear around yeah Yeah. and if anybody enjoys food it's our habit team yeah for sure that's why like the saying food is fuel it's like Yes, food is fuel, but it's so much more than that, too. It's, like, culture. It's celebrations. It's In our world, food is is more than just fuel. Of course it is fuel, but it does serve another purpose and happiness and, and everything like that, for sure. Yeah. I even see um, along those lines, like, you're more likely to have those binges and stuff if your food is not appetizing. Like, I've seen clients have less binges just because they're making like when they're moving into maintenance and they're able to eat the things like full eggs and you know full fat cheese and all the food that actually really tastes good it kind of brings your cravings down because I mean who wants to eat just plain egg whites and like chicken breasts like you're not there's something about being satisfied by your food too not just using it as a way to be fueled like it there's so many different levels to it right 
spices. Yeah, I've noticed um, with like spices, sugar. Spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> or like sugar-free stuff. It always makes me want more like sweets. So yeah, like just it's not eat the real a donut thing. versus the sugar. Yeah, it's not the real thing. Eat the real thing, satisfy your craving, and you're gonna you're not gonna binge as much. Yeah. yeah. We were talking to um with moving into maintenance and not being as restrictive you're getting so many more nutrients like when you're only eating the egg whites and the chicken breast and those really bland foods you're missing out on so many different nutrients because you're automatically limiting yourself to so many foods and I think people don't realize when you cut macros you also cut micros so there's so many things that are also going to contribute to your energy levels and how you're feeling overall just by including some different foods in your diet. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that part of it. Like you're no. just thinking about what you're not what you're not eating, but you're not thinking about what your body's not getting that to make right. it feel optimal. You're just thinking about your your aesthetics, but what about all of those vitamins and minerals that you need for everyday functionality? Yeah, you're just missing out on so much. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with dieting. Obviously, there's a time and a place for it, and it will contribute to your health if you have weight to lose and you go through a deficit phase, but it's just not something that you're supposed to live in for your whole life. You got to get to the beauty of maintenance. That's the fun part. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this up? I don't think so. I think that it, the main thing is is that we know it's not easy to do on your own. Um, and and I truly believe that you have to put yourself through it and just get through it in order to truly understand what we're talking about or what everybody's talking about with this because you don't probably don't realize how much better that you can feel and how much better you can perform if you are in the gym or in home gym or working out. Um, everything just gets better from from this phase. And, and you will respond better in a deficit when it's time to do a deficit. That's another thing to think about when it comes to this. Yeah, you're going to be able to do it probably with more calories and you're going to have more muscle built up. Your metabolism is going to be in a better place. So you're actually going to be getting more results from your deficit the second time around probably than you did in the first time. Yep, you won't have to be in as in as such of a low deficit and it's going to be a little bit more enjoyable. Yes. So, yeah, um but yeah, like Steph said, we know that it's a hard place to be. Um we are definitely here for you at the habit if you've never gone through it and you need a little bit of help getting your calories up and reversing out of that low calorie deficit um or if you're a chronic dieter um we are here to walk you through the process so thank you guys for hopping on here with me um next episode is going to be the other Kristen, who we call champagne on with Ferlaine and morgan and they're going to be talking all about weekends so be sure to tune into that episode i know that is a hot topic for everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me and tune in to next week's episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.